I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiber Fueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant You, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing, we're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. If you're looking for a great gift for someone who is interested in taking the Plant Strong lifestyle for a little test drive, I would encourage you to check out our all new bundles at plantstrongfoods.com. We have a new bestsellers bundle that has pizza crusts, granolas, some of our new chilies, and popcorn. We'll ship it straight to your door. Plus, we include educational videos and recipe guides that are valued at over $400, and we'll give it to you for $74. We also have a new beginner's lifestyle bundle that includes more of our best-selling products, plus the last five years of Plant Stock video recordings from all of our favorite Brock stars. Just head over to plantstrongfoods.com and grab a bundle before they're all gone. I'm Rip Esselstyn, and welcome to the Plant Strong Podcast. The mission at Plant Strong is to further the advancement of all things within the plant-based movement. We advocate for the scientifically proven benefits of plant-based living and envision a world that universally understands promotes and prescribes plants as a solution to empowering your health, enhancing your performance, restoring the environment, and becoming better guardians to the animals we share this planet with. We welcome you wherever you are on your Plant Strong journey, and I hope that you enjoy the show. My guest today is Kiki Nelson, but you may know her best as Plantiful Kiki. Her book, Plantifully Lean, was released a few weeks ago, and it is Turning Heads. But what turned my attention to Kiki was her transparent health and weight loss journey because it's similar to so many of the people that I meet at our retreats and through my speaking tours. Kiki struggled with her weight for many years and suffered all of the ill consequences as a result. High blood pressure, prediabetes, hormonal imbalances, lack of energy, And none of this was optimal for a young mom of two active children. 
And like many of us, she tried all the other diets, those high-fat, low-carb diets, and not surprisingly, found that they weren't sustainable and made her overall health worse. Now, two things really move the needle for Kiki, and they are the cornerstone of the work that she does today. Number one, she found simple, whole food, plant-based nutrition, and two, she did and still does a lot of work around self-compassion, forgiveness, and self-love. The results, in a little over a year, she lost 70 pounds, her husband lost 50 pounds, and most importantly, she reversed so many of the lifestyle diseases that were only going to progress. It's a remarkable story of someone willing to believe that they are worth the work And she shares that work with all of us today. You can find her on her social media channels, dishing up plenty of recipes and inspiration. And you can find her book, Plantifully Lean, on bookshelves everywhere. Let's say hello to Kiki Nelson or Plantiful Kiki. Kiki Nelson, it's great to meet you. It's great to have you on the the Plant Strong uh, podcast. Thank you. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to meet you as well. Our paths have never crossed before. This is my first time actually speaking with you. So actually, I met you about five years ago, and I should probably send you the picture. You came to a local Whole Foods to give a chat. Yeah. And I met you real quick, but, you know, obviously, (laughs) no reason to remember. (laughs) Do you remember which Whole Foods it was? Yeah, it was the Whole Foods in Fort Collins, Colorado. Oh, yes. Yes. Adorable Mm -hmm. town there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it there. Mm-hmm. So you're currently living, uh, are you actually in Fort Collins? So no, we live in the mountains and Fort Collins is down like in the foothills, but I went to school in Fort Collins and have spent a lot of my life there. So I, I love Fort Collins. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So you love the mountains, you and your family. Oh yeah. We are mountain people through and through. Yeah. What is it about the mountains that, uh, that, that, that draws you to them? You know, I, I always say the mountain chooses you, you don't choose the mountain and it's, I don't know if it's just more electrical. I don't know. We just love the high mountains. We love the pine trees, the peaks. There's just nothing like hiking and summiting that mountain and seeing the views, the waterfalls, the just the amount of nature that's available to you. And it's less populated just by the nature of, you know, the landscape. So yeah, there's did just you, a lot of nature. Did you grow up in Colorado? I did. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. And are your, is your family still there? No, actually, my dad retired to Mexico and my mom retired to Florida. So very, very different. Uh, Gotcha. And where did you get your name, Kiki? So Kiki is actually my nickname. I don't like to share my full name. We like to maintain as much anonymity (laughs) as reasonably possible. But it's my nickname that I have been called since I'm... I was a baby and I actually don't really even identify with my given name because everybody's called me Kiki since birth. Yeah. Well, nice. And I can relate as well. Very very much so there. Uh, So you 
I really want to unpack and dive in with you, your, your weight loss journey and what you've done with that. Uh, you came out with an expanded edition of your plant plantifully. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Plantifully, plantifully, plantifully lean uh, cookbook in April. And you have done incredibly well. It's really resonating with people, yeah. uh, your story, your weight loss. Obviously, you know, I went through every recipe in your book and they're just incredibly delicious looking, simple. And, um, you know, I, I had a saying they're like firefighter friendly and, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so I had somebody say, Rip, all your recipes are like fantastic. And then looking through these, I would say very much the same thing for, for almost all of these. Uh, so let's start with, so you say that you have tried just about every diet and you've had lots of failed attempts on yeah. your weight loss journey. Can you like talk to me about some of those and, and how long you've been trying to lose weight for? Yeah, so I started and this is really sad to say but i started dieting when i was like 12 or 13 because that's kind of when i noticed i was a little bit thicker than most of the other kids not enough to bother me but i was definitely conscious of that and as i got older probably around 15 i just i think i put on like 20 or 30 pounds that year and it was just really difficult so i've been dieting for a long time. And I think most of the dieting I did was low carb, high protein, which is inevitably high fat and not great for you for so many reasons, um, that and counting calories. And so I feel like for me, the reason dieting never stuck or worked was because the small portions you're eating are not <laughs> realistic, at least not for me, I have a big appetite and not eating carbs like that never goes well you can do it for like i could i could do low carb monday through thursday but come friday i was like it's the weekend you know and then you just undo <laughs> any calorie deficit you created on the weekend and then that's the cycle yeah um now what are some of the different diets that you tried so I did keto. I did Atkins back, you know, just the, the pre-version to, to keto. I did that with my mom and my brother in the late 90s. We did that a lot. I even did Slim Fast. Do you remember Slim Fast? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Is, is, is Slim Fast just drinking? It is. It's just these horrible little shakes that are like this big and that's supposed to get you through the day. You know, you get one for breakfast one for lunch and then you're supposed to have a sensible dinner, whatever that meant. Mm -hmm. So that was awful. I did that a lot in my teens as well. Did you, did you ever do, um, what's the one South beach? No, I didn't do that one, but that was, that's the same though, isn't it? That's just, it's, they're all, low. yeah, they're yeah. all, they're all different versions of the, um, I think the original Atkins in some way, yeah. shape or form for the most part. Um, so what was it that all of a sudden turned you on to 
plantifully lean and uh, whole food plant-based. <laughs> it's really funny. So I had gone to a normal checkup with my doctor. I love telling this story because people just really can't believe it until you show them the pictures. But I was, you know, I, my weight was between 189 and 194 pounds. I had high blood pressure, high cholesterol, high triglycerides. I had been pre-diabetic for about 10 years. And my doctor was like, you need to lose at least 40 pounds and you need to do it like yesterday, which was super frustrating because I've been trying to lose weight since I was 13 and had never mm -hmm. been able to do it successfully. And so I felt completely lost and defeated because I just, I literally did not know what to do. And I was complaining to a friend and she told me about Dr. John McDougall. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you know, he helps people heal and lose weight eating potatoes. And my first thought was like, I am pre-diabetic. I'm a very petite Latina. Like I cannot be eating potatoes willfully. Did I eat potatoes? Yeah, all the time in secret, but I couldn't just like go out there and eat potatoes. So she said to watch Forks Over Knives on Netflix and What the Health and just check it out. And she had lost like 40 pounds, but I'd never... She'd mentioned it was like vegan or something, but I didn't, I was not interested at all. So long story short, I went and picked up a copy of Dr. McDougall's book, The Starch Solution. I read it in a day. That night we watched Forks Over Knives um, and the rest is history. I told my husband, I was like, that's it. We have to, we have to do this. We have to try this. So. That's awesome. And in reading your book, um, I'm like, wow, she is so mission aligned with everything that I basically, you know, preach uh, mm -hmm. to people. And I'm like, like, I'm wondering if it was, you know, the China study, was it McDougal? Who was it? So very interesting to know who was John McDougal, who is one of my heroes and has absolutely been a guiding light for me yeah. uh, on my journey, obviously, along with, with my father. Mm -hmm. And and I've had John on the on the podcast several times, and he is <clears throat> absolutely one of the you know the godfathers of the the whole food plant based movement. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, way to go! Uh, so what I'd love to do, uh, Kiki, is just because it's to me it's such a great reminder for people of the mechanics of weight loss. Mm -hmm. I think you've done a really wonderful job in your opening chapters of outlining for people Thank the you. mechanics of weight loss. So what I'd love to do is throw out a topic and then just have you riff on it for sure. a little bit. And so let's start with, and you, you touched upon it, but I want to go into it a little bit deeper, avoiding carbohydrates, yeah. right? Like, like most people, they're afraid of carbohydrates, like the plague. Yeah. And so my question to you is, you're not a fan of avoiding carbohydrates, right? Nope. Where do you get your energy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so what carbohydrates do you recommend? I love any carbohydrate the way it's found in nature the most. So I love white potatoes. I love sweet potatoes. I love whole grain bread. I love rice. I, I do love white rice. I want to love brown rice, but I just don't adult on that level yet. But I love rice. <laughs> oatmeal, any other whole grain you can think of. Love If you it. love it, eat it. Yeah. And I think that the reason why 
you know, one of the main reasons carbohydrates have gotten such a bad rap is because the vast majority of America's carbohydrates are not the items that you just, you know, right. Rip, yeah. rip on, right. Right. It, it's, it's, uh, it's the fried chips. It's the mm -hmm. soda pop. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's the donuts, the ding dongs, it's the white rice, it's the white pasta, it's the white sugar. Yeah. Right. And so, um, could not agree with you more about embracing the right kind of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bang. Every bite counts. You need nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have a pretty powerful little section on calorie density. Yeah. So, so you know, I've talked about calorie density before on the podcast, but I love to hear your thoughts on calorie density and how that was a game changer for you. Yeah. So I, like most people on their weight loss journeys, especially if you have a significant amount of weight, like I did, I ran into plateaus. And so when I started my journey, I wasn't eating whole grain bread. I wasn't, you know, eating the best form of carbohydrates. I was just trying to get us off of Taco Bell. Mm -hmm. So we were eating cereal, but I was watching the fat content and all of these things. So once I would hit a plateau, I'd have to adjust like, okay, now it's time to introduce more fruits and vegetables. But I hit this really tough plateau. I was only about 10 pounds, 10, 15 pounds from where I am today. And I just, I couldn't move past it. And so I really started rereading things, rewatching lectures, you know, TED Talks on uh, YouTube. And I watched uh, the calorie density video by Jeff Novick. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, all the light bulbs went on. And so when I understood, okay, if I stick to these foods from this line down, I'll naturally be at a healthy weight. And you can manipulate that further with the plate building like he showed in his video. Mm -hmm. So I just love the pasta example where you have a full plate of pasta, but you remove half of it and you replace it with vegetables, which are almost free calories. You'd probably take more calories to digest them than consume them. <laughs> you still get to eat the same volume of food for less calories. And that is so powerful for people once they realize, oh my gosh, if I, if I just fill my plate with lots of these fruits and vegetables and still eat my carbohydrates, I can eat enormous amounts of food, not count calories and lose weight. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you mentioned in your book, how kind of the number, the magic number we're looking for is kind of right around 600 calories per pound, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. when kind of when you're eating fruits and vegetables and whole grains and, and beans, um, and it's important to point out that the whole grains are, these are cooked whole grains, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily the, the, the breads, but even pasta, right. even pasta because it's mm -hmm. cooked in water as a uh, calorie density of about 550 calories per pound. So yeah. if you're under 600, you can almost, almost eat like, and just until you're completely content and sa satisfied and satiated for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's a beautiful totally. thing. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier how you've got a substantial um, 
substantial uh, <laughs> a palate, right? I mean, you, yes, you like I to do. eat, right? Yes. <laughs> Most human beings like to eat. And so if you like to eat, this is, this is for you. And if you want to find your kind of ideal weight, how much, so you mentioned that you, until you kind of, you were within 10 to 15 pounds of your target weight, you went back, you kind of re-educated yourself on calorie density. Where did you start? on your, your weight loss journey and then kind of where did you end up where you are today? Yeah, so I was about 190 pounds when I started, which is just crazy to think about. And my weight sits around 120 pounds, give or take, well, never take, <laughs> give five pounds or not. You know, ask me in December and I'm more like 125, but yeah. Well, that's probably because you've had maybe one too many desserts. I don't know. In, in you know, the, it's no? the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, your desserts look incredible, and we're going we're gonna to talk you. about those in just a second. Um, let's talk about satiation. Mm -hmm. uh, when you first started doing this, did you, feel, did you feel satiated? Because I know, and you also talk about this, that sometimes it's this weird we're so used to this bowling ball in our stomach. Right. Heavy. When we eat, when we eat the standard American diet, mm -hmm. these foods are much lighter. And so yeah. you say it's this weird dichotomy of you feel full, but yet you're also hungry. Mm -hmm. So did you find this is something that went away or did you have to understand it? Oh yeah. I, I found that it went away and I actually didn't experience that until I started, um, the plate building method when I started adding more non-starchy vegetables. So the first month of moving through that last plateau and I was doing the 50-50 plate and eating more non-starchy vegetables, that's where I would feel so full but still be hungry. And so I just listened to that. So I would just get another plate, start with my non-starchy veggies and just keep going. And I found after about two weeks, yeah. it really worked itself out you just get used to it and that's what i have found with people is if they just keep going listen to their bodies they never want anybody to feel like they're starving you shouldn't feel like you're starving yeah. grab another plate of food serve yourself the same way start with your non-starchy veggies first and you know eat until you feel satisfied and it it does your body gets used to it you meant, you've mentioned a couple times here, non-starchy vegetables. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? So, you know, your vegetables like zucchini, mushrooms, onions, broccoli, your non-carby vegetables. And are those typically more calorie dilute or yes. light than your starchy vegetables? Yep. They are going to be one to 200 calories per pound versus the four to 600 calories per pound right. that you're eating. Yeah. Right. And were you, before you found the Holy grail, yeah. <laughs> were you in your past dieting life, were you counting calories? Is that something that you did kind of religiously? Yeah. I had a good stint after I had my first son where I've always been interested in nutrition. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get get in shape finally. And I did. I got in shape. I got down to about 150 pounds 
counting calories. It was very, very painful. Um, I did not enjoy it and I couldn't stick with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what is your philosophy now? Do you, do you track calories or do you, do you recommend people track calories or do you recommend, yeah. you know what, let's, let's try and do away with that. Yeah. So I, I always tell people to, to do what works best for them because I find that some people tell people, you know, it's stupid to count calories, but some people really find comfort in being able to see that. And I never want to alienate anybody just because something didn't work for me. So what I tell my calorie counters or people that are, are really trying to do their best, but still not losing any weight, I tell them to, okay, just track your calories, see where you're at. So you can actually see how much you are consuming in those little handfuls of crackers. And, you know, to help my frustrated people that aren't losing, it's not working. You know, it, it does work. Let's just, you know, look at it a little bit closer. And then I tell my, you know, consistent calorie counters that you can still apply the principles of calorie density and it will change your calorie counting game because now you'll get to see, how much food you get to eat for the calories. And it goes from using calories, counting calories as a form of restriction mm -hmm. as merely a way of collecting data. And that's what I want to help people move to is, is if you're going to count calories, look at it as data, not as restriction, because understanding the principles of calorie density helps you kind of break free of that, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I find that when you're able to embrace the whole kind of calorie density philosophy, it is mm -hmm. the most, all of a sudden you are liberated from, you know, making eating a scientific experiment. You're pulling out the calculator and, uh, and doing all the plugins and all that stuff. It is great. So yeah. a couple of times, Kiki, you've mentioned um, building your plate and, um, like, is it a 50, 50 combo? Is it a 30, 70? Is it a 70, 30? Can, just for people that want to understand this at a deeper level, mm -hmm. um, what do you recommend to, to who 30, 70, 50, 50, 70, 30, and explain again, what exactly that is that we're referring to? Yeah. Okay. So when I talk about building your plate, I'm talking about simply how you arrange the food on your plate. And it's just a tricky way of getting to eat a bunch of food for less calories. So the most popular plate I recommend is the 50-50 plate. And I only recommend this to people that are at a max 20 pounds from where they want to be. And this is where you fill half your plate full of non-starchy vegetables and the other half full of your starch of choice. You always start with your non-starchy vegetables first. So you fill up on the lowest calorie dense foods first that are the highest in nutrition, bulk, fiber, water, and then move to the more calorie dense side of your plate. By doing this, you're getting to consume a large volume of food, feel full and satiated for less calories. And every time you wanna eat, you just serve yourself the same way. Now, if you have more than 20 pounds to lose, what I have found personally for people is that you don't want to go to the 50 50 plate you will be starving and so so full like it's just it's not a good idea because it cuts the calories so much and you're full so if you have more than 20 pounds to lose i do recommend 
doing less of a vegetable serving and doing like one third non-starchy vegetables and two thirds starch and then do that consistently and you will lose weight. And then once you hit a plateau, then that means that you're ready to move down to the 50-50 plate. So you recommend for people that have mm, more weight to lose to actually have a more calorie dense plate. Absolutely. Because these foods are still so low in calories. Right. That, I mean, I didn't do any plate building for the first 35, 40 pounds that I lost. And how, how long did it take you to lose these 70 pounds? It took me about 14 months, but there's a lot of learning curve in there. <laughs> so, but yeah, about 14 months before I was weight stable and not interested in losing anymore. Mm. And you did this with your husband, right? Yes, I did. That's great. And so he, did he have some weight to lose as well? Um, he, I mean, I never looked at him and thought like that he did, but he ended up losing 55 pounds and he didn't do this to lose weight. I mean, he thought he was just perfection of a man. So yeah. he, he was just, look, I'll support you because you've been trying for years to get your health under control. He's like, but I really, I think I can only do this for like four months. So I was like, I'll take it. Let's, let's do four months, which means I've got him. I've got the kids. Let's see how far we go. And at the end of four months, he had lost like 30 or 25. I can't remember anymore. It's like 20 to 30 pounds. His aches and pains were disappearing and he was not interested in going back. So we've just never looked back. So was that a hard sell to get him on board or was, or not? You know, yes and no. It's a hard sell from, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to have bacon on Saturdays. You know, I mean, nobody wants to give up their bacon on Saturdays. So that part was, and I, I brought us through so many diets. He was just like, not another diet. Yeah. But on the other hand, he really wanted to support me. And he'd seen like how much I had struggled over the years. So hmm. where'd yeah. you guys, where'd you guys meet? We actually met on a humanitarian trip in Mexico. Wow. wow. Yeah. Like 21 years ago. Fantastic. Yeah. You got to see the beautiful person that was inside each of you. Yeah. Um, so here's a, here, here's a before after photo for people Yeah. of you. That's great. I, uh, I know I've seen one of, of, of your husband as well, but I, I'm not sure where it is right this second. Um, now, what about your kids? Are your kids on board? Oh, yeah. They were five and ten when we started this. And so, of course, there was, you know, threatened mutiny on the ship. But I've – I run a tight ship and <laughs> – I'm the one in charge. So, you know, it's up to me to make sure that I at least give them healthy habits. And that's just how I approached it. I knew that there was going to be whining and it was going to be emotionally hard for them, just like it is for an adult. And, and I think in some ways it's harder because they don't have the maturity to really see that this is a long game and all the benefits. So I just empathized with them as much as possible, but I held the line of nice this is what it is. So 
And so it's been um, several years now. Yeah. Are they like, are they proud to be plantifully lean? Oh yeah. They're, they're so healthy. They never get sick. They are super athletic and they just can't even imagine putting, you know, my son will come home from high school and he'll be like, Oh, you should see what these kids eat. <laughs> like, I don't want to know. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting on the front of your book, you have this little, um, kind of violator logo here, eat, mm -hmm. eat more, weigh less. Yeah. Which, uh, which is great. And it reminds me, it took me back to mine from this where I said, eat more, lose more. Oh yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I have that book too. I have all your books. Oh, I buy your, I buy the plant strong chili. That's, that's great. <laughs> I'll send you a little care package. That would be awesome. Because we just launched six new ones. Ooh, yes. So we've got 10 now. Um, and they're all, um, I think, plentifully lean uh, approved. Yeah, I'm sure they would be. Uh, what, what are your thoughts, Kiki, on avocados and nuts? Well, I love avocados and I love nuts. And so I tell people that you have to be moderate with them. Some have to be more moderate than others. And that's, you know, people always want me to give them like a hard line of how many fat grams per day. And I'm like, I really can't say that. I can only regurgitate what other doctors have said. But I, I say, if you're going to have something, avocados have a lot less calories. They're delicious and creamy. So you can have more of those than you could nuts or seeds, but putting a little bit of cashews in your ranch or your cheese sauce, that's going to make it really enjoyable. And it's in such diluted amounts. I think it's a win. Yeah. But well, no I, nut butters. Yeah. And I've noticed, I've noticed in going through these recipes and we're going to talk about several of them that you have a cheese sauce that you yeah. put over just about Everything. 75% of the recipes. I'm <laughs> exaggerating, obviously. Um, but when you when you dilute those cashews or uh, you know some nuts with the potatoes and the carrots, mm -hmm. it um, you know, it keeps the fat content down in the calorie and the yeah. calorie density. Um, and just just so people know here, because I'm gonna throw out a number, like nuts and seeds and nut butters are about two thousand eight hundred calories mm -hmm. per pound. And avocados are right around 750, 800. Mm -hmm. So you're talking almost a, not quite, but almost a three and a half fold difference between avocados and nuts, right? Yeah. So the same, the same weight of each. So it's a lot. It's substantial. What are your thoughts on oils? Are you, <clears throat> um, are you in, in the plant strong camp when it comes to oils? Listen, I, in my own life, I am, we don't cook with oil. I do use the light spray of oil in like my waffle iron, but that sort of thing. But I definitely don't cook in oil. Just don't do it. That's free calories. It's doing nothing for satiation, adding inflammation. Just don't do it. But I'm, I'm not opposed to the light spray here and there. Do you have a, uh, a, favorite, a favorite way of cooking without oil when it comes to like, let's say a stir fry or something like that. Do you? 
you just a really good pan, honestly, or just having your cocoa aminos or your soy sauce to throw in the pan and throw your veggies in. But, you know, onions, bell peppers, mushrooms, they all brown up beautifully in a pan with nothing, which I never knew if you have a good nonstick pan. I know. Isn't it something? Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite pan that you recommend? Well, so I have a hex clad hybrid, which I do like, but somebody just told me about a scan pan and everybody's been raving about a scan pan. So now I feel like I need to try that out, but scan S S C A N. Yeah. Scan pan. Yeah. We'll have to do a little research on it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what are your thoughts on vegetables for breakfast? Are you a fan? I'm a huge fan. I love vegetables for breakfast. And we travel a lot. Literally in every country we've been to, you're served vegetables with your breakfast. It's only in the U.S. that I've ever seen just like pancakes on a menu. So it wasn't a foreign concept to me. And in Mexico, you know, we eat beans and wilted greens with our tortillas for breakfast. So I think it's great. If you just, I always tell people, if you cannot stomach veggies in the morning, then fresh whole fruit is excellent. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been a huge fan of vegetables <laughs> for breakfast. Um, mm -hmm. I know that chef AJ is also a fan of yeah. veggies for breakfast. Um, and I, I can do, I've gotten to the point where I, have no problem doing um, like steam kale, yeah, right as a side dish, or even mm -hmm. throwing it into. But believe it or not, my oatmeal. Um, and my mother has taught me to really love a savory oatmeal with shiitake mushrooms and greens and really? yeast and sriracha. Oh, yeah, it's really amazing. I have never tried that. Yeah, yeah, maybe the next expanded edition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about snacking? What are your thoughts on snacking? Hey, I, I am an avid snacker, but I had to train myself to snack only on fresh fruits or vegetables with like a little hummus or dip them in my ranch, something like that, because the crackers, the snacking on nuts or chips, that will just, you know, <laughs> yeah. go the opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Sure. What about movement, exercise? You a fan? I am an absolute fan. So I've always been an active person, but when I was so heavy, it was very difficult. So I always tell people, look, you don't have to sign up for a marathon. You don't even have to get a gym membership. Just walk. That's what the longest lived people groups on the planet do. They just walk. And that is an excellent form of exercise you know, start getting, getting out there, start with 20 minutes a day and go from there. For me personally, I minimum hit 10,000 steps a day. Mm. And you're at, uh, typically at altitude, right? Yeah. We're, we're not too high. We're about 7,500 feet above sea level. That's so. pretty, that's pretty high. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, when we go hiking, you end up at like 12,000 feet above sea level. So that's where you're like, Oh, I can't breathe. <laughs> wow. I guess yeah. it's, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, 
God, I'd be at 7,500. I would be huffing and puffing. <laughs> wow. You are a big advocate of, of self-love. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to yeah. the audience just for a sec about uh, why you are such an advocate of self-love over self-hate? Yeah. So I know without a doubt that what whatever your belief systems are is what will give you the results that you have in your life. So when it came to weight loss, I had always tried to lose weight because I hated the way I looked. And when I started the starch solution, I had given up. I, you know, I wasn't, I was a little hopeful, but I decided I was hopeful I was going to lose weight, but I, I didn't expect it. So I decided that this time I was going to really tackle my self-worth and, and work on my health because I value myself and I, I wanted to love myself. And that changed my life. It changed my life because I was no longer in an antagonistic relationship with myself. I wasn't trying to change something that I hate, which can only go for so long. I was taking care of myself because I loved myself, because I valued myself. I valued my health. I valued myself as an individual. And it, it made all the difference in the world. Hmm. Do you, what, what was it that allowed that switch to turn on from self hate yeah. to self love? Because, and I love the way you say what we love, we take care of. Right. So this process had actually been going on for several years before I went to the start solution. So I had already developed self-worth before I hit the start solution. And I just feel like, you know, your stars align when you're ready, you know? So I, after I had my, my daughter, I realized I was the heaviest I'd ever been. And I realized that even when I was thinner, 30 pounds thinner, I didn't love myself. I felt just is hmm. unhappy with my body and myself as I did at my heaviest. And so that's when I started realizing that I was chasing my own tail and that I needed to address the real issue, which wasn't what the scale said, it was what was between my ears. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I just started daily tackling my belief systems. And when you start paying attention to the conversations you allow in your head, it can be really eye-opening. <laughs> and, and did that involve journaling, any kind I of did. therapy? Um, yeah. Yeah, no therapy. I had, you know, I had two young kids and no time <laughs> or money. So I got a journal and I decided, okay, I can't think of anything I love about myself except maybe my hair. So I made a list of the things that I could appreciate about myself. And that's what I tell people. If there's nothing that you love about yourself, I want you to make a list of the things you can appreciate about yourself. So I wrote down things like, I appreciate that I was able to carry two healthy babies and bring those babies into the world. I appreciate that I didn't die the last time I had the flu. I thought I was going to die. 
felt like I was going to die, but I didn't. So I wrote down like a silly list, you know, some things were meaningful and some things were kind of silly because I was just like grasping for anything. And I decided that every morning I was going to sit with that before I started my day because I really wanted to be intentional about how I started my day. And I sat with myself and I just like put my hand on my heart and one on my abdomen and I would say, I appreciate this about myself. And I, I would go through that list and I would say it out loud and the beautiful thing is I would do that in the morning and at night before I'd go to bed. And so I was starting my day this beautiful way and I was ending my day, no matter what kind of day I had, I was ending my day with the things I appreciated about myself and all the things that I'm grateful for in life. Children, husband, I have breath in my lungs. And what I found was over time that self, uh, appreciation grew into self-respect mm. and I was no longer engaging in the demeaning talk with my girlfriends at the table uh, you know women tend to go in and talk bad about themselves where I would jump in it felt wrong and so I wouldn't do it anymore I wouldn't engage in that and the once in a while where I would still put myself down I would now catch it and say okay no no I'm amazing. I'm not going to talk to myself that way anymore. And so what I found is, you know, that, that appreciation grew into self-respect and then that self-respect grew into a deep, meaningful self-love. And I can tell you that I love who I am, mm. which is why I think part of the reason I'm so successful on social media is I know who I am. And that has allowed me to continue to take care of myself and help other people learn to take care of themselves as well. Yeah, no, you're right. I think when you're authentically yourself and yeah. uh, people, people can tell, mm -hmm. um, and congratulations to you on tapping into that Thank and, you. and doing the work that it, that it takes to, to make that transition. You, you mentioned that back in the day you would, you would do some of these, um, these diets with your mother and your brother. Yeah. I'm wondering where, where are your mother and your brother these days? Are they on board with the way, you know, what was <laughs> you, uh, what you prescribe or not? Yeah. My brother's like, no way, no way. He's not even remotely interested, supportive of me, but not interested. My mom has done a great job. She's, um, she's lost some weight, you know, she's got a ways to go, but she tries. She really does. She, as much as she can, mm -hmm. she tries. And so I'll take it. I'll take any little bit of good food that she'll eat. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, it's amazing to me how, like, I look at your success, right. Mm -hmm. With the weight loss, with, you know, your, your platform, with your books now mm -hmm. and uh i'm amazed that you know your brother your mother friends family you know don't flock to you and say kiki i want to do exactly what you're doing know. but i know but i know because i've been in your shoes that that's not how it how it works I'm it isn't that isn't how it works yeah <laughs> which leads me to this and, and you say that this is pretty important, and that is to, to know your reason. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering, 
what was your reason for going on this journey? Was it to find the, the self-love or what was your powerful motivating reason? Because you say everybody should should figure out what that is. Yeah. So it was no longer about how I look. It was, I was really going down a, a bad path health wise and I fell out of control. I, I felt like I, my health was deteriorating and there's nothing I could do about it. And so my reason was that I wanted to live a healthy life for as long as I could with my babies that I have to raise. And so that was really my why. I didn't want to be like my family members on 20 different medications and, you know, shots because of their diabetes and all of that stuff. So for me, it really was health. It, you know, it's scary to feel your health slipping away from you and not knowing what to do about it. Well, especially when you're relatively young. I I'm mean, so I, young. Yeah. I was in my thirties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. And you still look like you're in your thirties. Thank you. Um, okay. I want to do, this is a little thing that I do with cookbook authors is I'm going to go through and uh, I want, I want to go through about maybe 12 of your recipes mm -hmm. and I'm going to show the audience. If you're watching audience members on YouTube, you'll be able to see, if not, um, you'll be able to get the, uh, get the idea here. So you, your book is broken up into different sections. You've got breakfast, you've got lunch and dinner, you've got soups, salads, sides and sauces, you've got snacks and, and then lastly desserts. And we're going to touch upon each one of them, but so we're going to start with breakfast. We're going to work through this way. And one of the things that I used to love before I went whole food plant-based, I used to love egg white omelets. I just, I just adore them. And you have a vegetable omelet that caught my eye. And I'd love for you to just talk about this if you can for a little bit, because you use mung bean mung beans yes uh mung beans and does it actually like does it flip well and work well and it does it's yeah. almost like a pancake like a thin pancake and okay um anything anything else you want to tell me about this recipe so the reason i love mung beans now i love a good chickpea omelet too but chickpea can have a really strong flavor for people. Whereas mung bean is very, very mild. And if you get, you know, just get some of the black salt off of Amazon or go to a local Indian grocery store, it has a sulfury flavor and man, it just tastes like how I remember eggs tasting. Cause I love eggs. Yeah. 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 A lot of people do. Yeah. I have to say too, and I'm going to turn to the page to look at this next recipe that I want to talk about. And that is maple pecan sweet potatoes, right? Yes. This to me, you've taken two of my favorite foods, <laughs> potato and a banana. Mm -hmm. and you've combined them. I've never in my life thought of putting a banana into a sweet potato, but now that I see it, I can taste it and it feels perfect. It's really good. And it's actually my son that came up with that because he did not like sweet potatoes. And so he was being kind of rude and just slapping his banana on there. He's like, oh my gosh, this is really good. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, brilliant. And you also mentioned, because I read every one of your um, 
every one of your introduction stories on the recipes <laughs> that you're not a huge fan of sweet potato. You want to be because you know how healthy they are. Mm -hmm. But what is it about the sweet potato that you don't just like mm, love them? I, I, I think I'm a savory yeah. girl. And I, but okay, wait, I, I do need to amend that. I do love sweet potato now, but in like a creamy horseradish sauce, but see, I need that savory in there. I think it's just the sweetness. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> right, right. You definitely need to try that savory uh, steel cut oatmeal that my mother makes then. Yeah, I've never had a savory oatmeal in my life. Wow. Okay. Next, I want to go to the chocolate crunch oats. We're See, I am such a sweet, sweet tooth. It's great. <laughs> so, and I have to say too, before you talk about this, who did your photography? Because it is absolutely insane what a fantastic job you did capturing the deliciousness and the texture and the colors of every one Thank of these you. recipes and every recipe has a photo in it which i think yeah. is a must absolute must thank you i i did all of it i styled wow. and shot all of it <laughs> wow can i hire you for some of my work <laughs> <laughs> i it's it is a love. I, I wanted to make sure people, cause we eat with our eyes first. Yeah, and you know, when, when you're talking about taking away people's oil and reducing their nuts and avocados, you want to show them how good the food actually looks so that they're inspired to eat. So tell me about this chocolate crunch, uh, oatmeal. Um, I mean, it's dessert for breakfast. It's so, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Yeah. And do you ever, would you ever do this using steel cut oats or, or old fashioned? Oh yeah. Where, yeah. Yeah. Whatever you want. My kids will make that for dessert after dinner at night too. <laughs> and, and what do you use for the chocolate? Cacao? So I like the cacao, the unsweetened yeah. powder. Um, because I find that that's the best way to get the chocolate flavor and then just some cocoa nibs or even a very light sprinkle of some dairy-free chocolate chips is fine in there. Yeah. So good. Okay. Um, next, I want to go to page 72. We're talking pumpkin spice waffles. And I just can't believe how easy this is, right? You throw so them all good. into your blender. So good. Yeah. I love fall. <laughs> Yeah, you say that here. Uh, so this is like two cups of rolled oats, two ripe medium bananas, half a cup of canned pure uh, pumpkin puree, two teaspoons of pure vanilla extract, one teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, mm -hmm. and then um, and that's really it. That's it. It's so easy. And so you don't have to put in the baking soda or the baking powder in order to get kind of them to rise and puff and stuff. I didn't feel like there was a substantial difference. And if I can yeah. cut something out, I'll make a cut. So yeah. Well, these look absolutely delicious. And I, every Sunday I make pancakes and waffles for our family. So mm -hmm. I am going to give these a whirl this coming Sunday for They're sure. So good. And then we also talk, you mentioned a little spray and I know those, these waffle irons sometimes can be finicky and a little, yeah. a little spray goes a long way. You use avocado oil. Any reason avocado as opposed to something else? You know, I'm not, I don't want to use like Pam. That is scary. I don't know what sort of propellants yeah. are in there. 
that's just, that is the cleanest one I can find, to be honest. You know, these little mountain towns in Colorado, you don't always have a great pick. Yeah. 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 Um, all right. One of my favorite things in the whole wide world are wonderful home fries. And mm -hmm. I saw these and I, I mean, I almost could taste them just yeah. by looking at these. And these are your smokehouse steak fries. Yeah. Tell me the trick. Okay. Your smokehouse steak fries and what can yes. people do to get the same results? So the trick is use your leftover potatoes that have been in the fridge. Like you want a cold already cooked potato. Don't cook them and then chop them up while they're hot. It won't work. It'll turn to mush. So you want cooked potatoes that have been sitting in the fridge are nice and cold. They're best like three day old cooked potato. Okay. Mm. So you slice them up, throw all, put them in a, here, actually have one, put them in a container like this, throw a ton of seasonings on there, put the lid on and then shake them like nothing. I mean, just shake, shake, shake. And it kind of roughens up the fries and it jams the the seasonings in there and then when you bake or air fry those suckers they are good they are crunchy and flavorful and so good so crispy on the outside and moist on the inside mm -hmm. they're amazing yeah nice okay um and what's your condiment of choice ketchup sriracha mustard for fries i love ketchup do you have a particular brand that you like? It's so bad. <laughs> I just like, Yeah. I'm a Heinz, not a Hunts. And I, I try to find the organic Heinz. So it doesn't have like red number 40 and yeah. high fructose corn syrup in it. All right. Um, this is page 116. These are the masa cakes. Yes. Uh, they caught my eye because I just loved I love open face sandwiches and I mm -hmm. love the look of these with the refried beans on top, some avocado and then pico de gallo, mm -hmm. some onions, uh, and a little bit of cilantro. Yeah. Um, so what can you tell me? How hard or easy is it to make these? This, this is so easy and you want to make the pickled onions to go on top of those because the pickled onions just make all the difference. So this is, so I am 50% um, Mayan Indian and this is a Mayan, yes. And this is a Mayan staple, but in the Yucatan, they deep fry the masa cake. Yeah. And you don't want any of that business. So we just, yeah, all you do is form them, put them on your griddle and it is so good and so, so filling. Mm, that's another one that I'm going to have to try. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot. Um, okay. I, we love making casseroles. I've got three kids and we mm -hmm. love casseroles. This caught my eye, this cheesy broccoli rice casserole. Oh, yeah. We love broccoli. Um, and just everything about this looked like a nice, uh, dinner dish to me. What can you tell me about this? Yeah. I was almost embarrassed putting that in to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> it's so lazy. Well, we like that. <laughs> right. But you know, my whole book is just busy mom. You got to feed kids. So all it is, is, you, and actually this is how I was hiding brown rice in my children's food. So if you are trying to get brown rice in, this is like the best way to do it. So it seriously is just your cooked rice, chop up a ton of broccoli, mix it in there, 
put in your entire jar of cheese sauce in there. And then if you want to go the extra mile, we like some gluten-free breadcrumbs over the top and garlic salt, pop that in the oven and it is so good. What are your thoughts on fresh versus frozen broccoli for this dish? So I almost, I can't remember the last time I had fresh broccoli in my Well, there you go. Fridge. Uh, that's the answer. So that's, that. just listen, that 80% of the time, that's what we do. We do frozen broccoli. Yeah, I'm not, that's why, you know, I was actually embarrassed to even start a YouTube channel because I am not, like you see so many of the influencers out there and everything is so aesthetic and inspirational. And I'm just like in my sweatpants and my bun over here trying to make it through the day. So yes, <laughs> yes. Well, it's real. Um, so you mentioned, let's, I think we need to jump ahead to the cheeseless cheese sauce that you've put in like 25% of your recipe. <laughs> yeah. What can you tell me about this and why do you love it so much? Uh, so I love that because I was like a dairy addict for sure. I read Dr. Barnard's book on cheese and I was like, yep, that's me. I, I was a dairy addict and that was probably the hardest. Like I didn't have trouble giving up even the bacon. It was the dairy, the cheese. So I was trying a bunch of recipes and I'm not a huge fan of nutritional yeast. And so I just kept playing with it. And one night I got the proportions right. It, the flavor of the nutritional yeast isn't overpowering. And, I've, and actually I just leave it out now. Don't even bother to put it in. Like I said, if I can make a cut, I make a cut. I don't know. And that is my most popular recipe. That is my claim to fame. People go nuts over that cheese sauce. And, and so, and so for people that are wondering, I'm just, if you don't mind, I'm going to yeah. read the ingredients, mm -hmm. three cups of diced peeled white potatoes, half a cup of diced carrots, half a cup of raw unsalted cashews. And then you have the three tablespoons of nutritional yeast optional. Mm -hmm. two teaspoons of garlic powder or minced fresh garlic, two teaspoons of sea salt, one and a half teaspoon of fresh lemon juice, and then one teaspoon of onion powder. Um, yum. It's so good. And it sounds like, you know, people are always like, how can you get a cheese sauce? I'm like, hey, it tastes like queso. And you throw some pickled jalapenos in there and some of the jalapeno mm -hmm. juice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right. I'm moving on now to soups and salads. I want to start with this. So I need to, I need to preface this by saying like you, one of my favorite places to go out to dinner is Thai restaurants. I just love, I love the Masaman curry. You talk mm -hmm. about here how, and when you're in Breckenridge, you uh, go to Bangkok happy bowl. Yeah. And uh, you love the yellow curries. Oh uh, wait, no, you said that, uh, wait, your favorite is the Thai coconut curry. Yeah. But so this is your dish, right? And, yes. And uh, it's inspired by that restaurant, Thai Coconut Curry. Mm -hmm. um, so what can you tell me about it? And are you using, what kind of coconut are you using to flavor? So I, I use the light coconut because the amount of saturated fat in like the full fat coconut scares me a little bit. Mm -hmm. So but I, I love a good creamy Thai. But anyway, that was like my 
closest. People love that one too. And what I have found now, um, I can't remember in that recipe, I don't use a paste. I just use powders, correct? I don't uh, have it in front of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you use, uh, as far as which ingredient are we talking about now? The curry. The curry, yeah, let me see. Yeah, so you use a red curry paste. Oh, see, there you go. And the pastes are the way to go. It gives you such a restaurant flavor. Mm. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Yeah. Well, all right. So that is, and now this one really caught my eye. And this is this Hungarian, Hungarian mushroom soup. And let me tell you why. Well, back in the day, I used to date a, uh, a Hungarian woman. And so I've been over to uh, Hungary many times and I know all about their love of mushrooms and peppers and paprika. And I don't love mushrooms. Yeah. Like, like you say in the opening, a lot of people don't get excited by mushrooms, but do you think I would like this? What is it that you don't like about mushrooms? That's where I'm, if people don't like the texture, then I say, chop them up, man. Don't put like big old slices of mushroom in there. If it's just a texture thing, chop those suckers up. But if it's a flavor thing, it's definitely not for you. No, it's definitely a texture thing. And I don't chop like, them up. They're too, they're too spongy. I don't like the spongy. Okay. I can't stand a portobello mushroom burger that hasn't been just cooked <laughs> down to, like, to where it's like portobello jerky, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's just me. I mean, it's so good. I would, I would stick with like the tortilla soup. <laughs> but look at, I mean, look at that photo though. I mean, it's crazy. And then what's, you have some wonderful, like, what's the white cream that you have on? It's there? just the almond milk that I mix almond in. Milk. Yeah. And I just drizzled it on there for the picture. Okay. Now you have some incredible, incredibly delicious looking salads in here. But what I want to talk about right now is salad dressing because to me a salad dressing really makes the salad oh yeah so let's talk about this this is like a, a uh what are we talking about this cashew ranch dressing yeah are you a fan of that oh my gosh like that and cheese sauce saved my life those are my two like most popular hands down loved recipes okay and uh what's the key to this what are the key ingredients do you remember yeah, so the, I make that like every other day. So just the combination between the cashews and the milk, I will say you have to find a thicker milk or add a little bit more cashews because if you get a really watery plant milk, it is going to be a little bit runnier. I also don't love like a really thick ranch. So some people that are really ranch connoisseurs and want like a really thick dippable ranch, this, this isn't your ranch. You'd have to add more cashews. But just the combination of these simple garlic powder, onion powder, like we're not fancy over here. We're not chopping fresh garlic. We're not, you know, yeah. dicing a shallot. So I'd, I'd like to be on that level maybe someday, but it's just delicious. Well, ranch used to be my favorite dressing back yes. be before I went plant-based. And now I've been doing this 35 years and I've had a couple good plant-based ranch dressings, but I really look forward to trying this one. Um, yeah. Okay. You have a cilantro curry dressing. You like this one? I do. And that one was really surprising. It just came to me one day and it's just a nice change. Yeah. 
you had your dressing muse visit you one night. I, I did. <laughs> and it's just, it's a quarter cup Dijon mustard, a quarter cup pure maple syrup, one tablespoon chopped fresh cilantro leaves, yeah. two teaspoons of fresh lime juice, and then a half a teaspoon of yellow curry powder. See note, feel free to adjust the amount of curry to suit your taste. What are your thoughts on cilantro? Because I know that cilantro is very divisive. Some people think it tastes like, uh, you know, uh, soap. Yeah. So if you don't like cilantro, I would say, well, just put in some parsley. You're not going to get the same flavor, but it will brighten up. The reason I like, I love cilantro, but it brightens up the flavor so much. And you'll still get a nice brighter flavor if you add a non-offensive herb like parsley. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to move on to snacks, your, your snack section. <clears throat> I can't believe how many delicious um, hummuses and really chickpea, chickpea foundational ingredients you have in here, mm -hmm. um, like your chickpea uh, chicken salad. But I want to talk to you right now about this because I've never seen anything. Microwave potato chips. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I can't wait to try them. And how, how good are they? They taste just like the kettle, you know, the kettle brand yeah. of potato chips. And it was actually, I have to thank my mom for that because she's like, oh, and she like digs in her cabinet and pulls out this potato chip dish you put in the microwave. And she's like, these were all the rage in like the early 90s, you know, during like the fat-free late 80s, early 90s. And so it's this thing where you just, put your little slices of potatoes in it. <laughs> so, but the paper towel works great. So why do that? Yes. But yeah, they're delicious. All right. I'm moving on to, to desserts now. Um, holy Toledo. I mean, uh, we don't want to, I don't necessarily want you to talk about this one. I just want people to see this photograph and just see how <laughs> this is. This is your, 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 you call this your, uh, what, candy bar bites? Mm -hmm. It's what, Medjool dates, stuffed with some peanut butter and uh, some sort of a drizzle. Yeah. That's wow. just like a drizzle of the PB2. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Love it. My daughter makes those every night. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so on page 246, I want you to talk about this. So this looks like raw chocolate chip cookie dough yeah. you've made with chickpeas. Yeah. want to know, is it worth it? To oh make my gosh. It's so worth it. Wow. It is so worth it. It tastes just like cookie dough. Wow. And the, your, your ingredients are one fifteen ounce of can, can of chickpeas drained and rinsed, a quarter cup of pure maple syrup, two teaspoons of pure vanilla extract, half a teaspoon of baking powder, a quarter cup of oat flour, and a pinch of sea salt, and then two tablespoons of dairy-free mini chocolate chips. You like the Enjoy Life vegan mini chocolate chips. I do. Um, wow. Okay. That's so that's good. one that I need to try for my kids, for sure. It's so good. And then you can bake them off if you don't you know, want yeah. it raw. <laughs> wow. And then we're going to end with this because people – that are fans of the podcast know that I love chocolate more than anything. Your black bean brownies. Look at that stack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. how 
delicious is that? And these are black bean brownies. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. My kids were just like, I don't want black bean brownies. I'm like, guys, these are amazing. They love them. They're so good. And I'm not going to read the recipe. If you want the recipe, you need, <laughs> you need to go to Amazon and go grab yourself a copy of this really fantastic book. Um, well, Kiki, who, who, who did you write the book for? I mean, and what, and what inspired you to write a book? Because writing a book, it is a labor of love. It is. <laughs> and, and like, why did you decide to write the book? I love this question. So I, when I started my YouTube channel and I started seeing the same questions over and over again, I realized that I had an opportunity to simplify everything for people. And so I wrote the book for all of the people out there that have struggled, and I mean struggled, to lose weight and get healthy because so many of us just don't know what to do and don't know where to get started. So I just, I love people and when I had such success, I felt like there's no way I can keep this to myself. There's just, there's no way, like I've got to, my goal was to reach a hundred people. Mm -hmm. So I feel well, very well. You've, you've done a lot more than that. Yeah. And I can remember at some point when you launched this book, it was like what, top 15, top 20 on Amazon of all books. I mean, you crushed it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> so grateful. Everybody's been so amazing. It's incredible. Um, and I love the way, you know, you've taken some really tried and true principles mm -hmm. and you've, you've made them your own voice Yeah, and, and, and done it, you know, done it your way. So man, kudos to you. Thank you. And, and you know, your, your dedication is, and let me just read it. You say for all the beautiful souls who have struggled with their weight loss, wait, for all the beautiful souls who have struggled with their weight and health, you are valuable and capable. Let's do this. You know, you you are a beautiful soul. And yeah. I so so appreciate you coming and sharing your story and your new book and some of these recipes with me and all of the uh, the people that are listening on the Plant Strong podcast. It's a it's a real treat. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. Yeah. And so you mentioned the your platform. Uh, where can people, if they want to follow you? What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so I am very, very active on Instagram because I love putting up reels multiple times a week just to get more content out to you guys. So Instagram is great at Plantiful Kiki and YouTube at Plantiful, uh, Plantiful Kiki. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Kiki, you get back to your vacation. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, I wish you all the best. And um you keep it plant strong. I know Thank you, you so much. Be a fist bump. Boom. Camera. <laughs> there you go. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Plantifully Lean is out now and features plenty of mouth-watering recipes, meal prep guidelines, and gorgeous photos to inspire your own personal transformation. And we'll be sure to link to this in the show notes. With that, my friends, keep it lean, keep it plentiful, and always 
keep it plan strong. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Plan Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. The Plan Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.